Well, hey there, everybody. I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm Jordan Reed, and this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. We talk about urban legends. Urban clothing. Cryptozoology. Baggy pants and like fashionable button-up shirts. Personal ghost stories. Anything, really. Welcome aboard. If you, if this is your first time listening, hello, hi, we talk about ghosts. But yeah, also, if this is your first time listening, last week was the week of the Scavengers Network host swaps, episode swaps. So we were the hosts of Historical Hotties, another podcast on the Scavengers Network last week, if you want to catch us over there. And then Whitney and Lindsay, the normal hosts of Historical Hotties, hosted Academy Outcasts. The hosts of Academy Outcasts did Journey Under 30. The hosts of Journey Under 30 did our show. Uh, it was just a big switcheroo, swap them up, mix them up, and it was very fun. It was very fun. I had a lot of fun. Did you? <laughs> Me too. Yeah, okay, great. I hope we did a good job. I hope we did a good job too. I listened to our episode of Historical Hotties, and I think you could tell how, at least at least me, I was nervous because we had to do a ton of research and like actually read from a lot of notes. And on this show, we half research stuff, <laughs> so it's a little bit more cat. Well, we research stuff. It's just we have a lot of unanswered questions that we don't think about. Yes. Till later. Correct. And then we think, well, why didn't we why didn't we even like look at that? But that's the fun part is that we do some of the research and you do the rest of it. For us, and then we take credit <laughs> for your work. A little bit of behind the scenes, right now as we're recording, it just got extremely dark outside. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think that might be helping us set the mood. Yeah, it's getting scary, stormy. Lindsay's crying. She, she's talking through it, but she's crying a little bit. Well, yeah, that just happens. <laughs> I just normally cry all the time. But yeah, each week, Jordan researches a topic, and I research a topic, air quotes, research a topic, and we don't know each other's topic until we record. So it's kind of fun. We're listening with you. And this isn't just a, this isn't like a little scheme or a game. We really don't know each other's topics until we sit down with each other. But we do play a lot of games. We do play a lot of games. We love games. There might be a game in this episode. Oh, how uh, fun. I think it'll be fun. Well, it's been a while, but last time that we hosted the show, you gave us a little information about Bigfoot. And then you gave us information about... A cyclist, uh, Octavio... Octavio Botechia? Botechia. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, and just his interesting death story. So if you want to catch that, it was two episodes ago. Yeah, a farmer threw a rock at his head. Because he was eating his grapes. Well, they think. They don't know. Okay. Still, still a mystery. <laughs> but I think you went last time I did go last time first, yes. Okay. Well, do you want to just jump right in? I'd love it. I'd love it. Okay. Well, my topic this week starts with a little quote. Okay. <laughs> and it says, what the eyes see and the ears hear, the mind believes. And that is a quote from Harry Houdini. Oh, I thought you were going to say Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> no, Harry Houdini, one of the greatest um, magicians of all time. You're right. So my topic has to do with magic, because magic oh, cool. can be kind of scary. I think so, unexplained. Yeah. So my whole title is called The Magic of Mishap, because when you watch 
a magic show and they're really risky tricks. Yeah. What's always in the back of your head? Like, oh my God, something's going to go wrong. Well, these are stories of things that did go wrong. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> so you would say a risky trick. Other people might call him a trisky Rick. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or a really sad day. Or a risky Rick. Really sad day for some of these magicians. That's the one thing I'm, I'm surprised you don't see more. Well, I guess they're heavily edited, but like there was one Penn and Teller special which I love Penn and Teller, by the way. There was one special where they did the thing where they caught a bullet in their teeth. Which, yeah, the bullet trick. Which I'm sure isn't super real because it's magic, but I'm surprised there haven't been more mishaps with that one Well, there has. Oh, you're going to let us know. Yeah, well, I oh. had to cut some of those out because there's a lot of mishaps that has happened with the bullet trick. Mishaps are like oopsie daisies. Uh, like, yeah, like... <laughs> Like death. <laughs> oh, oh. So I guess, I mean, I don't really need to talk about him too much because it's, yeah, there's been a lot of mishaps with the bullet trick. Now, are you talking about cute little oops daisies or permanent death? Uh, permanent death, <laughs> for sure. But um, so I have a few stories. Forgive me if I mispronounce some of these names because the first magician, first of all, like has an identity crisis, like literally, because he has too many names. Oh, great. As his performance name. But it's Royden Joseph Gilbert <laughs> Raisin de la Genesta. <laughs> Is that, so, like, that's one, that's one yeah, name? Yeah, so imagine like telling the family, be like, hey, I got tickets for the Royden Joseph Gilbert Raisin de la Genesta show. Hey, wait, okay, say it one more time and I'm going to try to remember <laughs> it and say it really quick. Royden? Yeah. Joseph, okay. Gilbert, uh-huh. Raisin, <laughs> D, D La Genesta. Royden, Gilbert, Joseph, Raisin, Jeebus, Grenestas. D La Grenesta. Deluxe Grenesta. But anyway. Where did Raisin come from? Maybe that was like a last name or something he, he was, had to put in there. He was eating one once. Okay, so he was in the entertainment industry, obviously, and he was a Houdini imitator back in 1930. Mm. Um, so he did a famous trick that Harry Houdini used to do, which I didn't actually know about, was the milk can escape. What? You know, like the big jugs of milk, how the farmers used to actually ship their milk supply to like certain places to distribute into bottles. Remember like the bottle delivery yeah. back in the day? Well, they would do these milk jugs, these huge metal milk jugs. Oh, okay. Well, Harry Houdini would actually get inside of one and, you know, be handcuffed or there'd be water in it and he would get out. And slowly turn into milk. Yeah. So, Janesta, he decided he wanted to do this trick since he was a Houdini impersonator. And it involved a secret trap door that was in the back of the milk can. Okay. Well... <laughs> He obviously didn't have the high budget as Houdini did, so he had a milk can, but en route to one of his shows, um, one of his stage people, like his stage hands or whatever, yeah. um, dropped the can and it dented the door just enough that it didn't no longer function. Sweet. So nobody knew that. So, you know, you think about like Clark yeah. And he's like, oh, shoot, I dropped it, but I'm not going to say anything because I'll get in trouble. I'll get, you know, murdered. If God I... forbid I ruin the show. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst that could happen? So anyway, so he was submerged in the milk can 
and it was full of water. His wife was watching the show. Well, three minutes go in, and his wife realizes that that's not usually how the trick goes, and that he should be out of the can by now. And they, the crew that was there also, I mean, this crew wasn't very functional, I think. Well, they didn't know how to open the trap door if it was jammed, because it had never been jammed before. Yeah. So they didn't, like, have a backup plan for, like, if this were to get jammed. Sounds like you got a bunch of Clarks working, so, on, working on your crew. <laughs> so all them Clarks, <laughs> they uh, finally got the door open. But, um, yeah, it was another good five minutes before they could get the door open. So you could imagine that Janesta was, you know, just, he, he was floating around he was a raisin and he was soaking for so long that he had re-graped <laughs> oh maybe that's what happened he re-graped he great he re-graped but yes he passed away well that i mean now that is sad that he passed but thanks a lot clark yeah i wonder if that's what happened after after like they finally opened the 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 trap door and raisin fell out they're like way to go clark <laughs> well, they just probably blamed the whole crew because the whole crew obviously didn't know what they were doing. Or do you think it was obviously Clark because he was the one who was standing 10 feet away, like doing that thing when people look at you and they catch you like doing something weird. Then you look away and squint your eyes and like move your head around like, huh, like you're looking at something else. Huh. Oh, I didn't. Oh, weird. you guys are something's wrong with the door on the thing. So, I mean, good thing his wife was there and realized after three minutes, like, hey, guys, I don't think some, I think something's wrong. Maybe we should try to get him out. They're on their, like, Game Boy Color or whatever, just playing their Game Boys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. But, okay, so anyways, still staying in the 1930s, this is another story about a magician named Charles Rowan, and he was also known as Carr the Magician. Wait, Carr? <laughs> I don't know where Carr came from. Carr the Magician. K-A-R-R. It's me, Truck the Dentist. Carr. This is kind of ironic that his name was Carr the Magician because he performed a stunt where he strapped himself into a straitjacket and then had a car accelerate toward him at 45 miles per hour oh. and 20 yards away. Normally, he would get out of the stray jacket and seconds before the car would run him over, <laughs> he would get out. Well, if you can guess... Wait, can I guess what happened? It, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. He got out of the way just in time and he was fine. No. So oh. he actually performed this trick before, like I said, and he's gotten out many times. Um, but I guess he was just having a case of the Mondays one day. <laughs> and he was a fraction of a second too late. Oopsie daisy. The car struck him, killing him in front of a crowd of spectators, including children. Jeebus. So creebus. it was just a big family show. Here's, here's the thing that I don't understand. A lot of people who are in the entertainment industry that do like that are stunt people or in this case magicians who want to do tricks that are quite literally life-threatening. What do their partners think in this situation? Like, well, if you want to be with me, you got to know that I do really dangerous stuff. And they're like, oh, okay, that's fine, I guess. And then say something happens, you're 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 together for a long time, and then down the road, it's like, when do you draw the line? Like. Well, hey, we have my... kids now. You can't do this anymore. <laughs> hey, we have kids, and like, I also like don't want you to get hit by a car. Can you not do the car thing anymore? Well, his name was Car the Mus Magician, so I mean, he went out exactly how he wanted, I guess. Car the Magician. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you have to look at it though. Like, there are 
terrifying jobs every day. I mean, there's policemen, there's firemen, there's... That's a good point. I mean, it's just part of life. But I would think with those, you're protecting and or serving. But with being a magician, I guess you're just entertaining. But I think... Well, okay, growing up, there was a guy who would come to birthday parties named Jungle Terry who'd bring animals to your birthday (laughs) party. That's super entertaining, and he created a lot of memories for me growing up. He'd bring out the little alligator and, like, the big boa constrictors and stuff. But in no way for him to entertain anybody did he think, well, I need to let a crocodile eat me really quick. Yeah, There are other ways to entertain people instead of getting hit by a car. But you have to think about this, though. I mean, Harry Houdini was, like the big thing in entertainment so these guys that wanted to prove like their manliness they were like oh well yeah i can do that i can be tricky and i can step up and be dangerous it's the proverbial who's wearing the brighter ed hardy t-shirt exactly (laughs) well this next story he wasn't a magician he just tried to be I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. His name is uh, fair. His name is Tricycle, the half magician. His name was Vivian Hensley, and he wasn't a professional magician. He was a dentist from Australia. <laughs> oh, great! Um, but he had a trick that he always did when people were over or for his family. Oh, is it the like I got your nose thing? Kind of, <laughs> and I think that's like. This is one of those, like, stories that prove, like, hey, don't do this at home, you know? Because it's like, you probably saw this on TV and, like, or at a magic show and was like, I could do this for my friends and family. Cool party trick. So he used to do it for his wife and son. This is 1938. So still them 30s. 30s people. A really experimental time in the 20th century. The trick was called the razor blade trick. Oh, okay. Well, this sounds fine. (laughs) So he would pretend to drop a razor blade down his throat. Oh, my God. While he would secretly just stash it up his sleeve. So he would like hold it above his head. And when he dropped it, it would normally drop in his sleeve. But it would look like, you know, behind it was going into his throat. Well, he slipped one day. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And he actually swallowed the razor blade. The doctors tried to help him. They tried to save him. They had, like, put a bunch of cotton wool down his throat to try to get the razor blade out. Oh, my god! They couldn't get the razor blade out, and he died I a wonder, few days later. I wonder if they pulled out and like, well, here's your problem. You swallowed a razor blade. Well, this is what I thought, though. I mean, it's sad that he died. Oh, yeah, but, like, absolutely. They were trying to pull it back out through his mouth, but, like, at least he kind of died before it had to come out a different way. Yes. Yeah, I would think that that would be better. If they couldn't get it out, then it would just eventually work its way through your system, which would be really, really terrifying death. It would be really terrifying. Now, I wonder if someone thought, well, I know the way you get it off. We'll cut his head off and then we can take it off from there and then put his head right back on. Yeah, I don't know. Hensley, just... You're a dentist. You're <laughs> stick stick to that. Do the thing where like maybe you like go to pull out one of your teeth and it's a jelly bean or something like, oh, whoops. Now wait, but your old dog growing up, Riot, he would eat razor blades, wouldn't he? Wasn't there the one like he ate like your guys' razors or something? Yeah, if we left our like our leg razor shavers yeah. like by on the side of the bathtub, he would eat it. But he was, but he would, he'd be cool. He'd be fine. Yeah, but it was still very dangerous. I mean, it was well, like yeah, a but... trip to the vet every time. <laughs> Here's your problem in the <laughs> yes. x-ray. Because he couldn't stop. I mean, he would eat it until his mouth bled. 
Like, I don't, I don't know if it was like the soap on them or something, but we had to like make sure we kept them totally out of sight. Oh my gosh. Dogs. Okay, so the next magician, of course, wanted to outdo Harry Houdini. Um, and so all these people essentially were just imitating Harry Houdini. Well, yeah, that was the big trend. I yeah. mean, he was like the big shot of magic, so everybody just wanted to be like him. He was the Chris Angel he was. of that era. Harry Houdini had a trick, a buried alive trick, which, yeah. yeah, you would get buried alive. And he actually almost died. And that was the last time he performed it because it was, I don't know exactly what happened, but he couldn't get out in time. Probably or, a smart move to yes, not so do it anymore. Harry Houdini didn't do it anymore, but Joe Burris wanted to recreate that trick because he's like, well, if Harry Houdini's not going to do it, then who's going to do it? I so, thought you were going to say Joe Biden. No, not Joe Biden. But so on Halloween 1990, so this is the oh, 90s. Wow. Halloween, which I did not know was Houdini's death. Oh, me either. Houdini died on Halloween. But he attempted, Joe attempted his own version of the trick at an amusement park. Oh, great. So he was handcuffed, wrapped in chains, locked inside of a plastic and glass coffin so you could see him in there, and lowered into a seven-foot hole in which the crew loaded dirt and everything on there. They actually, the crew put wet cement on the coffin as well. Oh, probably not. Probably, like, I bet you... It seems a little excessive. I think excessive and also unescapable. I mean, it's not dry if he's supposed to get out, like, in a few minutes. But, like, I feel like it's a little excessive. But anyways... I agree. He attempted to escape, but the weight of the dirt and the cement, surprise, surprise, broke the glass coffin that he was buried in, and it collapsed on him, tragically killing him. Goodness gracious. So that was in front of a crowd of people as well. And then they all went on and rode the merry-go-round. Like, why, why did, this is the 90s now, like, why didn't someone think about the physics Yes. Of, like, how heavy that is and, like, maybe not put him in a plastic and glass coffin. Yeah, like, I'm I'm willing to give people from the 30s or the turn of the century, from the 1800s to the 1900s, the, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, even if you look at, like, medical research and stuff, oh, I have a cold. Well, here, swallow a snake and it'll cure your cold. But even back then with magic and stuff, there were things that were, like, much more haphazard. And not right. very well thought out. But yeah, in the 90s, like if you put cement on, like a lot of cement on glass. Once again, that crew. Yeah. Like <laughs> you think your crew would step up. I mean, I think like they were just like hiring like. Clark's grandson. Like college students that just needed a summer job. And they were like, well, that's fine. I'll just put some cement and dirt on this guy. It's That's what he told me to do. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. Okay, so speaking of your bullet catch, I do have one story. Oh, no. Um, so the bullet catch. Chung Ling Su mm-hmm. was shot and killed during a show in 1918. So oh. the gun was improperly cleaned out. The actual gunpowder ended up firing an actual bullet, and it was shot right at him. So what's the trick? It, it just fires a blank or something? So I think what the trick is, there was an original magician there was chung ling su which is an imitator of a chinese magician Mm -hmm. called ching lung fu Mm -hmm. who actually was a good performer that would do this bullet trick 
And I think what he, yeah, what basically what happened was the gun was just loaded with the powder and it would make the loud bang and you would see it. And then I think you would have the bullet in your mouth already. So then you would just show it off. And I mean, they always paid people from the audience to shoot the guns as well. But there was a lot of mishaps with that. You would get audience members and then they would be trained to shoot the gun, but then they would like forget to do something and they would actually shoot a bullet. Like there was a lot of them. But the funny thing about this story was, I mean, not that he was shot and killed, but he was actually an assistant to a magician and he was not Chinese at all. Oh. So he dressed up as a Chinese man. Oh, great. And was a knockoff of Ching Ling Fu and was Chung Ling Su. And he had this persona that he would basically play off that he was a Chinese man. And the reason was that was because he really liked magic and he had really bad stage performance. So he was very awkward and he didn't know how to talk to people. So he pretended like that he was a Chinese man. So he didn't, he pretended like he didn't speak English. Oh, so in order to combat his performance anxiety, he just wouldn't talk at all. Exactly. So Ah. he would do this. And sadly, when he was shot, he broke character for the first time. And this was crazy because he actually like lived his life as this chungling sue Mm -hmm. like he didn't let anybody know that he was just this american man clark yeah robin or william robinson um (laughs) kind of like robin williams but william robinson (laughs) how funny but anyways so after he was shot on stage he actually broke character and spoke out in english for the first time saying oh my god (laughs) something's happened lower the curtain (laughs) and i bet you they're like wow that guy from china speaks perfect perfect english so it kind of sucks that not only did something very bad happen and it killed him he had to break his character and just say oh my god something's happened lower the curtain and it also double sucks because or maybe quadruple sucks because william robinson Mm -hmm. that will robbie had to say the dorkiest thing after getting shot that anyone's ever said in their entire life. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oops, a daisy. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. But okay, so my last magician of mishap is Johan Miller. He was Swedish and he went by the stage name of Balabrega, mm-hmm. which I don't know what that means. He was touring Brazil at the time, so maybe it's Brazilian. I'm not really sure. But this was 1900s. And he purchased a trick um, from Harry Houdini called the Moth and the Flame. So it seemed like they would do like their own version of like pyrotechnics and like these women would be in costumes dressed up as moss and then like it would be kind of like a boom and they would all disappear. Oh, cool. I mean, it was just, it was like pyrotechnics for like the 1900s. Like that was probably really mind blowing to see. He had six women, um, they were all in costumes as moths, and they would eventually (laughs) vanish into a candle flame. So I guess they would just, like, a kaboom would happen, and then it would give the illusion that they went into a candle flame. Yeah. So the flame required a gas supply, which wasn't really available in Latin America at the time. Oh, I think... So uh, as an alternative, he purchased gas bags that he could easily transport uh-huh. to any stage that he chose. So it was just kind of like these gas, I don't even know. Bags full of gas. Yeah. 
So it seemed like a great plan. Kind of like in Canada, I used to go up there with our buddy Brandon uh, in the early 90s and you could buy bagged milk and just like carry around like a little bag of milk. <laughs> well, that would have been probably that they would have still been okay if they had bagged <laughs> their milk. <laughs> but bagging gas, I guess, Maybe I don't know. Maybe not the best idea. But yeah, so they transported them and they thought that this was going to be foolproof. They practiced this gig and it seemed like it was going to be great. So as they were setting up for the show, they had everything in place. And as everybody was entering the theater or Mm -hmm. wherever they were performing, one of the gas bags exploded. Okay. And it literally blew him apart (laughs) along with his assistant. And the pieces of them went all over the cast and the crew as people were walking into the theater. So I guess you could say he went out with a bang. Oh, very good joke. (laughs) Very gross joke. Who was the one who packed that bag of gas? Clark? (laughs) It was probably Clark again. I just assume that there is just this really crappy stagehand that just kept going from like magician to magician just like oh well i have experience but they doesn't say like of what and really he's just slowly killing everyone on purpose you think no i think he's just not smart the world's the world's dumbest serial murderer because at this point clark Clark was okay so maybe clark a fun last name clark can't almost like clark kent but he just can't do it <laughs> he's clark the can't. dumpier version of clark kent <laughs> the dumpier version <laughs> clark can't but yeah that's just some little magic mishaps that i thought were kind of interesting there are so many i'm sure there are so many which you know i was surprised at first but then i thought about it and i'm like you know i'm not surprised because like you said they do very dangerous stuff they do extremely dangerous stuff and now I, I think about it now to like your Chris Angels, wh- your who's evil the evil Yeah, Chris Angel being an anthropomorphized Ed Hardy T-shirt. Your evil Knievel, your David Blaine's. I wonder how much like so watching some of those David Blaine specials where after he's done doing a trick, or they stop a trick midway through and they're like, we gotta we gotta intervene. Something's gone terribly wrong. I wonder how much of that is fake and how much of that is real. You know, how much is played up for the camera and how much isn't. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're just, their technology is better now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, David Blaine did the buried alive thing, but he did the ice thing too. Yeah, buried in ice or whatever. But it's like he also, I think, rehearses years of this trick Mm -hmm. instead of just like, oh, I saw that at a magic show. I'm going to do that one too. Also, one weird thing about David Blaine is. Now, you and I are not one to question anyone's tattoos, but he has tattoos of his own eyes on his body. And it's like, can't you just like look at those anyways? Well, you can't really see your own eyes. So I mean, In a I, mirror. I guess. But how often do you have a mirror on you? I mean, maybe sometimes you just need to check your own eyes. <laughs> on your arm? <laughs> what am I looking? Oh, oh, I'm good. That's what they look like. Oh, okay. great. Oh, I'm sweet. <laughs> or like, what if he... Something happens and he's like, what did my eyes used to look like? Oh, there they are. (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea why he did that. What would your your stage name be if you were a magician? I don't know. Do you have one in mind? For you? No, for you. Oh, I kind of had one for you, but I was like, that doesn't really make any sense. 
It's going to be Sparkle, Sparkle Queen, but I'm not, like, nah, I don't think that's really <laughs> but anything But I don't know, at all. people might get confused if I'm a stripper or if I'm a magician. <laughs> well, now we have to be PG minus on this show, so I don't know if we're allowed to say stripper. We could say... Uh, dancer. Or like... Um, artistic clothes, dancer. An artistic clothes remover. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Sparkle uh, Queen. Sparkle Queen. Mine, I have no idea. I don't know. Clark. Clark can't. <laughs> Clark can't. Well, now, for the second episode in a row, officially, you guys don't have to go get a glass of water or vacuum the house or do whatever. We're going to do what Lindsay's coining, some haunted housekeeping. Yeah, it's just kind of little companies that decided to sponsor our little old show. And every other little old sweet show on the Scavengers Network. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to go take care of some haunted housekeeping in three, two... One. So our first sponsor for this week, we're very happy to have them. The people who started the original concept of ride sharing in 2012 are your good friends, Lyft. If you ever just go out and have a little too much sippy or you just don't want to drive, you can definitely call Lyft. If you have too much elixir, if you have too much eye of newt in your potions. Or you're just, you just like riding in other people's cars. I don't know, whatever your thing is. Yeah, say you're traveling or something or you're going to an event where you live and you don't want to deal with parking because there, honestly, there's not much I enjoy less than worrying about where we're going to park somewhere yeah parking is a nightmare oh speaking of scary and spooky <laughs> parking in general so if you want to use lyft you we have a, our own special promo code spouses and and using our promo code just for listening to this show will get you five dollars off your first ride on lyft how fun but if you decide that you want to be a driver for Lyft, using our code, you can earn an extra $375 in your first 30 days. Isn't that nice? So drive people around or ride with people. Do what you want to do. <laughs> now, you can also start your own rideshare program and not advertise it and not charge money and just call it Clark or just call it uh, Karen. <laughs> I don't know if anybody will use it, but go ahead. Yeah, and it would be difficult to see if people need a ride. You could drive to people's houses and knock on their door and be like, were you looking to get somewhere? Or... And they're like, no, we're fine in here. And then you go, okay, well, if you if you need, if you, if you know anybody, my name's Clark. And then you're going to do that, I guess. Don't ride with Clark. But anyways, if you say don't want to go out and you're more of a homebody and say you feel like having a few biscuits, but you're like, well, I need a really nice KitchenAid for that. You can use our promo code for KitchenAid.com. Yes. So now this is a, we have a bit.ly link specifically for KitchenAid. And if you go to our link, bit.ly slash scavkitchen, that's S-C-A-V kitchen, all one word, all lowercase. You can get 40% off, which is insane, 40% off of select countertop appliances. I think my KitchenAid mixer is my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah. Besides you and Molly. No, I was going to say, no, I, did, <laughs> I didn't want to say it on the show because we like to keep our lives private, but I did see a note you kept under your pillow. Oh. Under your pillow that said my favorite things. One, KitchenAid. Two, Molly. Three, Jordan. 
<laughs> and I don't know why it was I under do, your pillow. I Well, I like to be reminded. So, yeah, jump on over to kitchenaid.com. Um, 40% off is awesome. And a countertop appliance essentially is anything you can put on your counter. A toaster, a mixer. Those mixers are sweet. They have some matte black ones that are super cool. They're very and cool. super fast. Now Mine's you, light pink, and I love it. I also love yours. I've never used it, but it's nice to look at. And I make you little treats. Yeah, you make me little treats. There was uh, one time you made macaroons, and our brother and sister-in-law came over from Oregon, and my brother ate a bunch of macaroons, and we found them all over the house, just like like little like like a little bread trail. Yeah, he was like a little mouse. <laughs> Really quick, once again, what is that website promo code? That the you website to? is bit.ly slash scav kitchen, scav short for scavengers, uh, duh. So that's S-C-A-V kitchen. Go there, go shop for some KitchenAid stuff. 40% off is insanely good. Like that's insanely good. Absolutely. However, Colin Parker, our sweet man, managed to get that promo code is beyond me, but good on you, Colin. And good on you if you're one of the ones who goes to bit.ly slash scavkitchen and buys a sweet matte black Guy Fieri branded KitchenAid stand mixer. And send us pictures of your mixers. Please do. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> we I love would, it. I would honestly love it. Well, I hope you're enjoying the show and we'll return shortly. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had fun buying your Transformers-branded KitchenAid stand mixer, and you went to use the public library's computer with Lyft and used our promo code spouses. That was very nice of you to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So my topic for this week was actually inspired by one of our friends, Justin. He sent me a text and said, are you guys going to do anything for Friday the 13th? And I said, oh, yeah. Well, now we are. So I have a little bit of lore around Friday the 13th. Okay. So we're recording this on Sunday the 15th. So today is not very spooky, no. right? No. But Friday, I mean, Friday wasn't very spooky either. We, you know, went to work and then went on a date. Where did we, we went on a date. Where did we go again? Where did we get dinner? Natalie's Coal Fire. Well, yeah, we, we Ate got a little some, pizza. And we each had one glass of wine. How nice. And then we came home and fell asleep <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> So it wasn't too crazy, but it's supposed to be a spooky day. It can get pretty crazy. And now I just have a few bulleted points here about Friday the 13th and what makes it a little spooky. Okay. Or just why it's spooky in general. So typically there's two Friday the 13ths that happen every year. There were a few years ago, there were three Friday the 13ths in a year, which is like, give me a break. Weird. That's one too many. That might be three too many. Three, three, three. But we only have a few years left until we can just be relieved and only have to deal with one Friday the 13th in a year. That's mm. going to be in 2021 and 2022, okay. which those are both very difficult years to say. 2020, large 20. That's hard to say. It's a lot of 20s. It's a lot of tour. There's a lot of that. <laughs> uh, and those will happen. There's only one Friday the 13th in those years. And those happen in May and August. Okay. One thing that might make Friday the 13th spooky as well is that's when or uh, Alfred Hitchcock was born on a Friday the 13th. Mm. Do you ever watch those movies? The Hitchcock movies? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think I've ever watched one. We're going to have to watch some. Hi- You've seen Psycho. I've se- oh, okay. Then I have seen Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, I've yeah. seen The Birds, too. And The Birds. Never mind. Yeah, you've seen Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> I've seen him. Now, I'm not sure if this makes it this this day scary or not, but some other famous birthdays for Friday the 13th. Max Weinberg, the drummer for Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Probably not very scary. I think that's kind of nice. Super scary. This one might be a little bit scarier. Steve Buscemi was also born on Friday the 13th. Hmm. Maybe scary? Maybe not. I don't think scary at all. But is, their birthdays every year wouldn't be Friday the 13th, though. No, but they were born on Friday the 13th. Gotcha. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julie. Not spooky, but nice. Yeah. Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. Very Hootie spooky. Now, I think the scariest birthday, scarier than Alfred Hitchcock's, Born on, uh, born on Friday the 13th are the Olsen twins. Oh, I still like the Olsen twins, though. Yeah? Even though they kind of look like characters from the Dark Crystal now, I still really like them. <laughs> I mean, they could have... They. I mean, we can have a whole other show talking about the Olsens, but they did their own thing. They made the most of it. I mean, they could have easily exploded even more than they already did. You know what? And, like, become, like... Oh, here are the Olsen twins again. Oh, great. It's the Olsons. They did their run as kids, and now that they're older, they got their own fashion line going on. They stay out of the drama, the gossip. They just look odd. You know, you've officially changed my mind on the Olsen twins. Yeah, I just didn't they've like never them. done anything bad. No, I well, I'm sure they have, but at least like not like blown <laughs> up, you know, like it hasn't been on TMZ or something, No, right? they just had... Like parents that wanted to make as much money off of them as possible. And they did. Yes. So, I mean, they took their, their fame and fortune and now they're fashion designing. Well, good for them. Yeah. They got normal husbands and I guess normal lives for celebrities. Normal quote unquote, right? Yeah. And I do, the the Dark Crystal, unironically, is my favorite movie of all time. So maybe you really do like the Olsen twins. Yeah, they both kind of look like Kira from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> If anyone else likes Dark Crystal, just let us know. (laughs) At Spooky underscore Spouses on Twitter. (laughs) Just say, yeah, I like it. Okay. That's it. So there's an actual phobia, go figure, big surprise, right, for Friday the 13th. Well, right. It's called Triskaidekaphobia, is Mm. fear of the actual day Friday the 13th. There are are two other words or two other phobias that are associated with fear of Friday the 13th. One of them that I think is very funny is Frigga Triskaidekaphobia, named after Frigg, who's the Norse who's god. Frigg? Oh, you know Frigg. <laughs> you don't know Frigg? I friggin' don't know who that is. I will frigging tell you who Fr- That's the closest <laughs> to swearing we've ever been on the show, and I felt like I was nervous to say it. My face is getting a little warm thinking about saying Frigg. No, Frigg is the Norse goddess of wisdom. Oh, so I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, why, that, his- why is that scary? I don't know. But frigatriscadecophobia, maybe it's just the knowledge uh, realizing about the date. Like, I realize that this day is scary. I have no idea. Another one is uh, paraskevadecatriophobia. Is another is another very long word. I'm getting a phobia of just hearing these phobias because I can't. I don't understand what you're saying at all. <laughs> is there a phobia for that? I'm sure there is. Well, there is the uh, fear that, or the yeah the the name of the phobia for the fear of long words is one of the longest words in the English language, which is ironic. Could just be like <laughs> no, don't like no. So in Italy, 
It's not Friday the 13th is not the spooky day. It's Tuesday the 17th. Okay, why is that? Because I'm glad you asked me, Lindsay. I will (laughs) frigging tell you. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the Roman numeral for 17 is XVII. Okay. And if you rearrange those Roman Roman numerals, (laughs) Roman numerals, it gets VIXI, Vixi, which is, I believe it's Latin for I have lived, which is a symbol for death or bad luck. Okay. So that's why. A little bit of... um, what crypticism in the Roman numerals and spelling it to make it spell the word. That's why it's Tuesday the 17th. Mm. But I don't know why Tuesday, though. It could be Friday the 17th. It could be Sunday the 17th. Well, maybe they don't want it to ruin their weekend. Like, we pick Friday the 13th, <laughs> but it kind of ruins your weekend. Yeah, especially if you have a really poopy Friday. Like, if you have a Tuesday that's spooky, it's like, well, I'm going to work on Wednesday anyway, so it's like my week's already ruined because I have to work. And then you're going to have the person in the office who's like, hey, hump day, right? Am I right? Everyone has that person. Yeah, or the person that on Monday, the got a case of the Mondays person. Yeah, I brought in a veggie tray for Monday. That wouldn't be bad. No, it wouldn't be that bad. But it's usually at work, though, where people really want snack food and stuff and not just vegetables. Is that right? Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. I'm just saying, like, at the workplace, I get more hyped if there's a junk food, even though I might not partake, than if there's, like, a vegetable laying around. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I don't know. If you have a preference of what snack you like to bring to work, um, just give us a shout on Instagram or Twitter at spooky underscore spouses. I think that may be... That may have been one of the most arbitrary and pointless things I've ever said in my life. What's your favorite snack to like bring to work? (laughs) What do you like to... I mean, I make a lot. I do a lot of baked goods. So I do a lot of cupcakes and cakes. I don't know. Grapes are good. (laughs) When have you ever brought grapes in for the crew to enjoy? Oh, for everyone? Yeah. Oh, no, I have no idea. Okay. Well, anyway, so tell (laughs) us why Friday the 13th then is such a big day for us. Associated with Friday the 13th, there's an... Okay, guess how much money is lost nationwide on Friday the 13th? Because this... Now, this is directly related because people are so afraid. Like, a lot of people will call off work on Friday the 13th and days leading up to it. People won't leave their homes. They won't do anything because they are so... They have triskaidekaphobia. They're so paralyzed by fear of Friday the 13th where they don't do anything at all. They barely leave their bed. So guess how much money is lost annually on Friday the 13th from like, this is like a, some census was done or something, some survey, and there's X amount of dollars on average annually that are, that, that's lost on this day. I don't know. Maybe like a million? Just one million in the US? Sure. Maybe two million? Maybe three million. Maybe four. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? There is, I think this might blow, this might blow your mind. Okay. There's an estimated eight hundred to nine hundred million dollars just on that alone lost on friday the 13th because people are so scared of this date see we went out to dinner on friday the 13th and had two glasses of wine (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that has anything to do with it but yeah we went out for friday the 13th you know what was weird Hmm. i didn't think this was weird when it happened but i enjoy mushrooms more than you do and you suggested ordering a pizza where we went to get some food with mushrooms on it. So was your were you under some sort of mind control 
or something on Friday the 13th. That's what you think about. I was just being nice because you really like mushrooms. And with pizza, I can pick off mushrooms. Okay. No probs. All right. That is very nice of you. (laughs) So around eight to eight hundred to nine hundred million dollars annually money lost in businesses nationwide. Now, the one thing that is weird that I would have expected that airlines would take a huge hit, right? I mean, oh, yeah, because you, you wouldn't want to fly. But apparently, most airlines report no drop. Actually, like, if anything, a very slight increase in sales around, like, any given Friday the 13th. Because people are weird and fickle, and, like, with flights, people will still fly no matter how tragic of anything that happens with flying. But, like, if it has to do with, like, going to get pizza, it's like, well, I better not because, you know... I better just not because it's Friday the 13th. Who knows what could happen from here to the dominoes up the block. Right. But like going on vacation, people are like, I don't care. I'm going on vacation. If I'm going to go, I'd rather go where I'm like in San Francisco or something. Something yeah. like if I'm on Hate Ashbury and some hippie falls over and knocks me down, I hit my head. Hey, at least I was in San Francisco. Well, that's even like the same thing. Like I read something a while ago about like you think like after 9-11, after that tragedy, people would not want to fly on 9-11. Oh, seriously? I mean, there's no drop on that day. It's like a traumatizing day that people remember. Yeah. But like people still fly if they want to fly. Yeah. And I think honestly, what what would influence my decision more in terms of flying on any given day would be if I can get a good deal on a plane ticket. Then I'll go right away. Right right away right now in finland there's the ministry of public affairs and health and the national day for accidents national accident awareness day is friday the 13th in finland they have the most accidents on that day i think it's just that's their day for like okay everyone it's national accident day be more aware of your surroundings it's let's not smash into each other wouldn't that be great can that just be every day I think, I mean, yes, for sure. <laughs> but hey, if you need one day to remind you, like if, if that one day acts as the string around your finger, then why not, I guess. On Friday the 13th, 2029, there was an asteroid that was expected to, to hit Earth and like do some damage. The asteroid's name, it's not a very cool name, 99942 which It's predicted to hit the Earth. It was. It was discovered in 2004, but I guess it moved away, and it's like trajectory change, and it's not going to hit Earth. Hmm. But it was suspected to, or expected to, Friday, April 13th, 2029 was going to be the exact day that it bumped into Earth. Hmm. I don't know where it was going to hit, but it was going to do some damage. Hopefully, like, not anywhere near us. Or, like, think about if it hit an ocean, like, it would do, like, a ripple effect, and, like, I wonder if, like, a bunch of places would flood. Oh, probably. Yeah. Or it would just hit... A small school of invasive lionfish or Humboldt squids, which is sad, but there's a lot of them and they hunt people. Or maybe there's like a big warehouse full of bad guys and it just hits that (laughs) warehouse and they just explode. And right before they're like, I'm so glad we have this warehouse. Well, now that I say that, um, a big warehouse of bad guys, basically AKA prison. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know why I had to call it a warehouse of bad guys. Well, warehouse, a warehouse implies that the bad guys are being made. Like you walk in and you're just like your typical Clark, just like, oh, it's me. And then you go through some machines and you walk out and like you're ready to punch somebody in the gut. Well, anyways. So speaking of phobias and fears related to Friday the 13th, I have a very quick game that I've just called the phobia game, but I'm going to call it phobia or Phoebe. Like from Friends? Yeah, from Friends. Okay. She's fun. I like Phoebe. She's cool. (laughs) I know that she's not a real person. I know it's not a documentary, but 
You saw it? Oh, limbs. Aww. <laughs> oh, bummer. I could deal without knowing about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, but friends? It's not real. It's not a documentary. What about Will and Grace? <laughs> that is a documentary. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome. We're good. <laughs> yeah, Nick Offerman is in it as well because he's married to, what's the lady's name? Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally. They are married, but he's just always off camera. He's busy. He's busy uh, woodworking. Well, he's yeah. He's on Parks and Rec. Yeah, he also works there. true story. Also true story. Hundred percent true story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna read a phobia and I'm gonna tell you what that phobia is, and you have to say phobia or Phoebe. Phoebe meaning I made it up, or phobia meaning it's the real phobia. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Please feel free to play along at home. If you're on a subway, if you're driving, if you're washing your dishes, if you think it's phobia or Phoebe, just yell it out at the top of your lungs, uh, but don't make eye contact with anybody. If you're around people. Maybe that'll be a fun game to play. And don't scare your kids or your dog. Well, you mean you can a little bit, but just say it's a joke afterwards. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Lutrophobia. Fear of otters. Is it phobia or Phoebe? Um, I'm going to say phobia. You're right. Lutrophobia is a real fear of otters, which is sad because they're so cute. They are cute, but they can be very mean too. You're right. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Acrophobia, fear of sourness. Mm. Phobia or Phoebe? I mean, it seems like it would be a phobia for sure because I could see people being like, I don't want it to be too sour. It'll hurt my jaw. Yep. Mm, I'm going to say phobia. You're right. That is also phobia. Correct. You're doing very well. I know my phobias. Okay. How about this one? Yeah. Uh, This one's a little on the nose. I'll just give it to you. Chorophobia, fear of dancing. Chorophobia? Chorophobia. What do you mean it's on the nose? Well, I mean, like, you can, like, think about the root words. Like, phobia we know, but choro, chorophobia. Like, choreography, it's a phobia. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was was thinking it was a phobia, but I didn't see what you were talking about with the root word until after. I could have been more more hidden in plain sight then. Yeah. Okay, ready for this one? Yes. Okay, allodoxophobia. The fear of onions. Uh, I'm going to say Phoebe. You're right. Allodoxophobia. <laughs> now, I'm sure there is a real phobia for onions, but allodoxophobia is the fear of opinions, which I think is very funny. <laughs> hey, how I are you? I... Actually, no, 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 please, no. I think I might have that then. You think you have allodoxophobia? No, I love, uh, I love giving opinions and I like hearing them. Okay. <laughs> good but onions mm, now raw onions okay. raw onions absolutely not cooked yes please yeah i'll do some cooked onions okay i have a few more ready genophobia the fear of puppy breath that is a phoebe that's a phoebe you're right genophobia is the fear of knees like your knees on your legs the middle part oh where your jeans touch <laughs> <laughs> genophobia jeans touch my knees don't like my knees perfect I'm knees so... please <laughs> are you fluent in latin yeah okay cool i also forgot to tell you that i'm a demon and i know latin very well <laughs> but particularly but especially backwards latin yeah okay ready mm-hmm. the fear of high fives or low fives Helminthophobia. Uh, Phoebe. You're right. That is a Phoebe. You're crushing it. I'm good at these phobias. Helminthophobia is actually the fear of being infested with worms. You know what? I actually somehow remembered that one. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> I told you, I might be a demon. I'm not sure. Back in your... We'll see. <laughs> back in my demon days. Back in my demon, you know. You were you knew that one, but you didn't eat, like, even something silly, like, lutro, like something weird, like lutrophobia? You know, helminthophobia? Well, yes, because I was reading a scary story one time, and they actually found a decomposing body, oh. and one of the detectives had that because the body was actually infested with animals and worms oh my god and this detective actually wrote a whole story about how he couldn't even handle it because of just the gruesome murder scene and the actual bugs in the victim i mean i feel like a lot of people probably have helminthophobia well yeah i mean i feel like when i read it i was like well yeah i mean you just saw a murder of a decomposing body and there are worms crawling out of it like that's i don't even like when there are worms in my apples I went when we went for runs today. It was it's raining here, and there were worms everywhere. Oh, they were I, everywhere. I just didn't want to step on them. I know. After I like saw a few of them, I'm like, you know what? I'm probably just gonna crush some worms today. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not like a cool like slang term like crushing worms. It just crushing means... worms. It actually means like we probably crushed some worms. Yeah, poor guys. So yeah. Last one. Ready? I'm ready. Mixophobia. M-Y-X-O, phobia. The fear of slime. That's going to be a Phoebe. No, that's a phobia. Oh, yeah? The fear of slime. Mixophobia, which was probably terrible in the early Nickelodeon days when you're on one of those shows. And, and like, maybe, maybe like, your mom or dad were with you on Double Dare and they didn't know about the slime thing. You're like, we just got to go on the show, please. And they yeah, slime you. Yeah, you get slimed. That was probably... T- what if Rosie O'Donnell had mixophobia? She got slimed a thousand times on Nickelodeon. And what if you didn't know? That's what I'm saying. Can I wonder if there's, that? like, a secret editor's, re- like, reel of Nickelodeon of, like, people freaking out after being slimed. <laughs> or, like, even phobias of, like, having stuff on you. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like so many phobias could deal with being slimed. Now, I don't have a phobia, but I do get really nervous and antsy. Like, if I have sticky stuff on my hands, like... Uh, sap, oh, yeah. especially tree sap. Oh, I don't I like get, sticky stuff on my hands. I get nagged all. It gets nasty. I don't like it. Well, because my biggest fear, which is going to sound stupid. Biggest? This is biggest? Just really quick? <laughs> biggest? No, it's not my biggest. <laughs> about the hands being sticky. Yeah. Is that I touch my hair a lot. Yeah. Because I think just being a hairdresser for so many years, like I just, I play with my hair a lot. It's mm-hmm. like a tick that I almost have. And if my hands are sticky or if there's something on my hands, I always think about how much I touch my hair and if I'm realizing that I'm like putting all that in my hair. Like, and then it just freaks me out even more because then I have things in my hair. Yeah. Which I don't like either. See, I always get weirded out when I'm eating worms and I'm like, what if I get, (laughs) what if I have worms on my face? Like, I don't want to have worms on my face, but like eating them's fine. It's better to eat worms than do a razor blade trick and have that stuck in there that was such a good way to tie up our episode and put a little bow on it that was really (laughs) nice lens congratulations you're welcome well everyone i think that'll do it for us here on spooky spouses right yeah worms or razor blades oh yeah (laughs) tie it all in yay and that's a band name that you can take and say you came up with it but just give us credit a little bit yeah just give us a shout out at your next heavy metal concert (laughs) or at least tag us on twitter or instagram yeah and so if you would like to find us on social media we are on there at spooky underscore spouses or you can send us an email with ideas for a show if you just want to say hey and then that's it or if you have a personal story or something creepy that you want us to talk about just 
give us an email. And we are at spooky, wait, is it? Spooky Spouses Cast <laughs> at gmail.com. That's right. It's been it's been a week since we've done this show, and I forget all this I stuff. Oh, is there a phobia of forgetting? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. And it's called... Probably just... Oops. Oh, it was a joke. No, I was going to forget it. Oh. It was very funny. Go ahead. Well, I mean, that's the joke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't get the joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well, we would like to thank Eli Chambers for the music you heard in the beginning, middle, and end of our show. We'd also like to thank every every single person on the Scavengers Network for such a fun host swap week last week. It was really fun. It was very we, fun. We listened to every single show that came out. They were all really great, and it was all fun to hear people's attempts at those shows, and it was very fun. So thanks. Yes, and thank you to our listeners for being supportive and liking what we have to talk about, I guess. Yeah, thanks for sticking around, everyone. If you do like the show and you have not yet, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play, and please leave us a review. It helps us in the long run, maybe get more cool sponsors down the road. Who knows? But just thank you guys so much for being supportive and digging it. It makes us feel happy. Yes, and have a great rest of your week. Have a bloodthirsty week. Mm, Yeah, that one's pretty good. Have a, man, have an an earthworm day. Oh, I thought you were going to say earth, wind, and fire. Have an earth, wind, and fire. (laughs) Have a Chicago, but but like the haunted form of Chicago. Have a Chicago ghost Wednesday. That's not very good. (laughs) From ghost to ghost. Coast. <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> Have a spooky week and did thanks you, for listening. Did you guys know Ghost rhymes with Coast? <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.